Welcome to Rejuvenating with Dr. Ron Kaiser. This is the podcast designed to help you lead your life enthusiastically today, tomorrow, and every other day. I am your host, Ron Kaiser, and positive health psychologist, also TEDx and keynote speaker and author of the triple award-winning book, Rejuvenating the Art and Science of Growing Older with Enthusiasm. My website is The Mental Health Gym, and obviously this podcast is called Rejuvenating with Dr. Ron Kaiser. As you know, the podcast is really designed to help us become the best versions of ourselves. As long as we're on this earth, let's do it the right way. And each week we try to bring you a guest who has a different perspective from somebody else in terms of how to become the best versions of ourselves, to live with enthusiasm, and to really build a positive outlook. Again, the Mental Health Gym is your source of all sorts of information in terms of wellness, positive psychology, my own spin on it that I call goal-achieving psychology, rejuvenating, and lots of other things. It's also the place to communicate with me and to even recommend guests for future shows. Now, today we've got a really special guest in many ways. First of all, she's just a, a fantastic person for you to get to meet, but also her area is not one that we cover really often if we've covered it at all. And when you meet her, maybe hard to imagine that Charlene Gorzella, because of her positive, outgoing, enthusiastic outlook, is actually an advanced grief recovery specialist. After 26 years as the CEO of a successful professional staffing services firm in Chicago, she knew that the next chapter would be an important one for her. She had always had the passion in the human potential movement and knew that this next chapter in her life would be something unprecedented and extraordinary. What happened was something that even in her wildest dreams, she would not have guessed that she was doing. What she did know was that it would be about the pure potentiality of the human potential and spirit, the open heart and its resilience to thrive in extraordinary ways, even in the midst of life's changes and losses. Charlene was introduced to the grief recovery method. And while she and people close to her thought that she would get into something that was more positive, in a cheerleader sort of way, because that's what would have fit her and as opposed to the grief recovery business, but her intuition and her life had other plans. What Charlene discovered was that this methodology does is get us free to go from unresolved and incomplete grief to a powerful sense of resolve and completeness in our relationships and sudden change in our lives to help free the griever to live the life beyond their wildest dreams. Charlene is also very active with organizations and nonprofits in either a board of directors capacity or on committees that serve the homeless in collaborative housing, substance abuse, and animal welfare. And Charlene also has a podcast called Grief Recovery Now with Charlene Gorzella, 
I recommend the podcast very highly. It's it's just a, a real source of information. I'm a regular listener, and I hope you will be too. Charlene, it's such a pleasure to have you as one of our guests. Really looking forward to our conversation. Welcome to Rejuvenating with Dr. Ron Kaiser. Well, I feel so welcomed by you and so enthusiastic about being on your particular podcast. Rejuvenating is something, as soon as I heard it, I was like, oh, I just get it. And just meeting you, you are such a bright light on the planet. Thank you. It's an honor to be on the show today, on the podcast today. Well, the honor is all ours. But if somebody meets you within about 15 seconds, I think the obvious question is, you are such a positive person. How did you happen to get into this, this grief recovery business? Well, as, I, as you had mentioned in my bio, that I've always been in the human potential movement. And I was a CEO of a, a staffing firm in Chicago. And I was the owner, too. So I sold the company. And I said, I was always lean forward, make it happen type person. I decided that I was going to lean back and be in the allowing in my life. And I would trust that I would absolutely know my next steps after I was a CEO and owner of a company. And so I was in the allowing and I was exploring different things. I wasn't sitting there waiting for it to happen. I started exploring things. I even looked into, because I've always been interested in end of life, in the transition that someone goes through. And I thought I would, I looked into being a death doula. And then somebody referred someone to me saying, hey, you should meet my friend. And so I called this guy up and he was a hospice nurse. Not that I was gonna be a hospice nurse, but he's talking to me. We talked for about an hour. He said, you know what, Charlene, after talking to you, being into end of life or hospice or whatever it is, he goes, it is very isolating. He goes, after meeting you, you're not, I don't think this would be the right thing for you. Not that you couldn't go for it and be good at it. And, but I'm a grief recovery specialist. And I think you should look into that. And what I loved about him, because the operative word with getting into grief, it's not going down the rabbit hole. I mean, groups and grief therapy and all that, that is all good. What I, what the grief recovery method, what grabbed me was the recovery portion. And it was an edu evidence-based educational program. I helped facilitate it and take people through steps that will get them from the unresolved to resolve, the incomplete to complete. And there was something about it. And the people I met in the organization, they were all just these bright lights. And I'll give you a funny story that'll get you why I do what I do. When I, I have a podcast, Grief Recovery Now podcast, and I was doing the cover and it all started right before COVID hit. And right when COVID hit, I was in the process of putting the podcast together. And so you have to have your artwork that's going to be the cover for your podcast, right? And I had people look at the cover. What do you think? What do you think of this podcast cover? And what the podcast cover is, if you take a look at it, is it's me with a big smile on my face, teeth showing with two peace signs up. My brother-in-law said, I go, what did you think of it? He goes, you're showing too much teeth for grief. 
was like, well, my thing is like, this is the after. I look at, I'm sort of a metaphysician type person. And I see the pure potentiality, which you mentioned in my bio, that I'm where you can be. I've been through my grief, the sadness. I lost two parents. And the reason why I got into grief recovery, why it stuck with me and I became a certified grief, advanced grief recovery specialist is because I'm 64 years old right now. And my parents, my dad died when I was 16. My mother died at 29. They both died very suddenly. And while I grieved, I didn't realize until my early, like 60 years old, 61, that I was experiencing unresolved, incomplete grief. Did I have those words? No, I didn't know it until I started looking into grief recovery. And I was walking through filters of my life that weren't serving me to my highest good. These were unconscious filters. So I got to work and I believe in there's fate and divine timing. I, that's when I was introduced to grief recovery work. And I was like, and it made the difference in everything. Losing my father, I had a fear of relationships. I was wondering why couldn't I have a relationship that stands the test of time? I had been married, relationships that didn't seem to last a lifetime as I saw other people's relationship, like you and your wife, Ron, you've been married for a long time. And I realized it had something to do with losing my father at such a young age. And I just started exploring, going in my heart and seeing what is on the subconscious that I'm not aware of. I was afraid what happened. I was afraid to get close. I was afraid to lose, especially with my mother anchored and afraid to love, love fully. And I also did some attachment work. And I don't know if you know anything about that. I'm sure you do, Ron, but it's like. I started working with a relationship guy who had this groundbreaking theory in attachment style. And there's one thing he said about relationships. He said, you have certain rights in a relationship. One is that you have the right to be separate and you have a right to belong. And I listened to him and he said, I'll tell you about you, Charlene. You have separate down paths. What you don't have is the right to belong. And to be in a we. And then we started exploring. Why am I not being in the we? What are the filters I'm walking through? And that happened simultaneously doing the grief recovery work. Once I did the grief recovery work, the shoulda, coulda, wouldas, the apologies, the forgives, the significant events, and, and really wrapping these things up, the nooks and crannies of my heart. Now I'm in an awesome relationship. I got engaged. I'm showing Ron my engagement ring. And I have shifted. I recalibrated and I got complete. I got resolved. And it wasn't like, oh my God, I'm resolved. All of a sudden I changed. Does, does this long story make sense? <laughs> sure. No, it's, it's fascinating. And I'm also going to be fascinated to hear about the method itself. But let me understand, first of all, is grief kind of equated with death or are there other kinds of grief that people experience or work on where, where it's actually called grief? I know that, the, that you know, you can break up with a girlfriend or boyfriend and be unhappy about it without grieving, but, but the sense of actual grief 
Does that apply to other things, job loss, you know, relationships, anything of that nature? There is 40 plus at least reasons to grieve. And nowadays, okay, the pandemic, right? There was an article at NBC and they said the third pandemic will be grief. People don't understand exactly what grief is. And grief is a sudden loss, sudden change of behavior. It could be physical. You're not with the person physically. It could, it's very complex or it feels very complex. And the grief recovery method helps you make it less complex. And grief recovery method helps is educational. I'm not a therapist. I'm not a counselor. And grief can be loss of a job, especially during kids, during school. They lost their friendships. Um, I lost my identity when I was a CEO. I didn't realize until a couple of years after I sold my business, my identity was gone. And the certainty of knowing what I was doing was gone. I was in this uncertain life. So I lost my certainty. I lost my image of myself and I or identity. It could be loss of a loved one, loss of an unloved one. It could be with COVID, even secondary relationships we can grieve. It could be divorce. It could be abuse. It could be trauma, PTSD. There's a loss of um, innocence. It can loss of so many things. So what happens then with the grief recovery method? First of all, is it is it a structured program? Is it counseling? Is it online? Do people come to you? You know, if if somebody listens and this really makes sense, you know, I I have clearly unresolved grief, whether it be over the loss of, of the death of someone or the loss of identity or the job or whatever it may be. What happens if they if they see you? Well, it's an educational program. I do one-on-ones and group. Since the pandemic, I've been doing things on Zoom, which is wonderful, by the way. You don't think you get as intimate during on a computer or Zoom calls, but you really do. For one-on-ones, we go through a seven-week program where we meet for an hour once a week for seven weeks. And you have to do the work. If you feel, especially, let me backtrack a moment. If you feel, to, sometimes it's hard to identify grief because it's so deep and there's so many aspects to it. And every person is, is individual. If you feel there's certain parts of your life that it isn't working, why can't I seem to keep a job for a long time? Why am I having issues in my relationships and I feel like it's groundhog today and things like that? Know that there's something happening that is not working for your highest good. This could be a sign of unresolved and incomplete grief. Now, for my program, we take a, you spend an hour a week together. You do your work. You do your homework. You do your writing. You have to really want it. And grief recovery doesn't take that much time. Is it a life thing? Because we all have had so many relationships, especially in your population, Ron. We have a lot of life ahead of us. So we go through the forgives, the apologies, the significant events. Certain other exercises that I don't really want to get into that make all the difference. And then we also do groups. And what I love about groups is that we meet for eight weeks and we meet two hours a week. And what's great is part of it, besides working with me, we also will put you into pods where you're with peers. 
It's a peer-to-peer model too, which I love. And you work with your peers in a a structured way. This is an evidence-based program and it's educational with some therapeutic approaches to it. Is are, are the groups homogeneous or are you likely to see somebody who's lost a parent or spouse in the same group with somebody who's lost a job or moved to a different place and, and lost his or her identity? Uh, can they do grieving together or is it uh, kind of specialized by the type of grief you're experiencing? We believe grief is grief. We don't say, okay, here's the group of the mothers who've lost a child. Here's the group of somebody, a CEO who's like grieving, or here's a group of CEOs. Here's a group that is PTSD, or here's the animals, because we also work with people who have lost animals, or so many different ways. We believe that it's across the board. We all can help each other, and each person is individual. Each person's grief is individual. That's why it's very important how to talk to, we break through the myths of grief, things we learn from childhood that we bring into the present that isn't serving you in the grieving process. So no, it does not matter at all. The only thing we don't do is like, if you have a relative in the group, we advise very strongly not to be in the same pot because we go through the nooks and crannies of your heart and the experience and like your life, significant life events. And so everybody has their own idea or own experience and outlook of the way they were either brought up or the experiences. And it's it's very private, but yet you're so willing to share. There's no studying about who you are or your experiences. You learn about grief recovery through me and the grief recovery method, but your own experience is beautiful because how many times do we get helped with these nooks and crannies of our hearts that could be in our subconscious, but not never given the opportunity to speak about. I remember things when I did the grief recovery work, things that happened in my childhood with my mother and father that I was unresolved about that were painful that I still remembered in my sixties and fifties. And even, you know, I feel like I've gone through the other side of it. But this stuff was unresolved. You don't don't make a mistake in thinking this stuff is not nothing. So interesting. Thanks for that. I've had very little, or at least relatively little, work in this area uh, in my training and and continuing it and so on. But uh, certainly in psychology, one of the things that we learn fairly early on are Kubler Ross's stages of grief. Uh, does this? have any relevance to the work you do? Is it something that you follow, don't follow, agree with, disagree with, relatively unimportant because it's in a different discipline? Or where is that? Because I know lots of people, not just in my field, but probably a lot of people listening to this who, regardless of what their situation, training is, and so on, have learned about Kubler-Ross. Yeah, they take took it and ran with it. And let me tell you, I believe, and the grief recovery method believes, and grief recovery, it's called Grief Recovery International, which is a worldwide organization. And Ellen Kubler-Ross, she was talking about the person who was dying. She wasn't talking about the griever. And she heard that people who go by this five stages, that she corrected it towards the end of her life. 
that that was not what she was trying to, what she learned was it was more about the person who was dying or the person who, was, yeah, most about her thing was about death and dying. And so we believe that every person grieves differently and uniquely. That's why when you say to a griever, I know how you feel. We don't. I tell people when I work with them, I says, I don't know how you feel, nor will I ever claim. I'm here to be an open vessel for you, for your own unique grief. I don't care if it's a child. Two people could have lost children or separately. They have different experiences, how they reacted to it and how they grieve through it. So, no, I don't believe in the five stages, even though we do experiencing experience those emotions, but it's not one after the other. Does that make sense to you, Ron? Absolutely. And I think it's really helpful to know that your emphasis is really on those of us who are left to continue to function, to grow and to, you know, deal with what's what we're experiencing in, inside of ourselves. My listeners are used to me asking uh, at least one dumb question a podcast. This may be it, but Dumb is good. I'm good. There is so much in my field that that can be done preventively. Is there anything that we can do educationally or otherwise from a preventive standpoint so that we're best prepared to the fact for the fact that, uh, hey, we're going to have these losses. That's part of living. And particularly when we get into the second half century of life where loss is, is kind of a, a pre-existing condition almost as you go through it. Well, they say death, death and taxes are the only consistent things. Yes, absolutely. And then when I did the grief recovery method and my clients, you go through part of the program. And what helped me with when I did the recovery method is afterwards, I realized it's the language of the heart. There is a thing I, we talked about earlier about STIRB, short-term energy-relieving behaviors that grievers tend to do. And that's to, that's to just sort of avoid certain things. That's why during the pandemic, they talk about couples, like people are divorcing and all that kind of stuff. And it's because when they were free in the world, they either like went to work out, went to shop, went to do other things to avoid certain things in a relationship. And you're saying... How do we prevent having to go through this? Because some people don't need the grief recovery method. They had hard conversations. They learned how to appreciate each other's individuality. They talked knowing one thing I helped here is I am responsible for my grief. And I know now how not to set it up. And sometimes I knew in the past, sometimes it was hard for me to get vulnerable and to talk to people on what I was feeling, not what they were doing, what I was doing. I would say, forgive, apologize, and remember significant events, whether they're happy or not happy. Mostly the happy ones I'm talking about, like have some appreciation, learn how to have an appreciation, even though it could have even been an abuser. Maybe you can remember just a little bit about maybe how it helped your life later. I always say, look down on the third person on this experience. I know myself losing my my parents, which was so difficult, but it's what you do with your grief. 
I know now at this age of 64, my fiance is 70 years old. And having lost two parents very young, I could say, wish I had my parents. Why me? Why me? But now I'm like, I look at my relationship and I look at him like, what if he dies? We're all going to die, right? So all of a sudden, this gratitude I have for this moment and for this man, even in, you know, we have a pretty good relationship, but I, I want to make the most of it. So I come from a place of appreciation for him, even in his differences with me. So think about that sometimes. Sometimes I think, what if I lost them? What would it be like? The relationship shifts, I think. Do you ever do that with your wife, Ron? Like, oh my God, I'm at this age and we're at this age. What if I lost her? There's just like deepening of love that comes through me whenever I think, what if? And I'm in grief. I hear people dying, you know, waking up with their spouses dead. I hear, you know, losses. They're just like young people who lose. Just savor and be in gratitude. Be awake in your life. Like really awake. Sounds like really good advice at every age because that enables you to, to appreciate. And it's pretty hard to be experiencing gratitude and also be experiencing some negative emotions. So if you can identify what what you're experiencing from a positive standpoint, it should encourage you to want to do more of that and continue living as long as you can together. But uh, being aware of the fact that you don't want to have those regrets, but you said- And also also jobs. Mm -hmm. If you're in a job and you're at the end of your career, what I learned when I owned a staffing firm is people wanted to make their job wrong for them to be able to leave. It can be for relationships or the job. They want to, excuse my language, bitch about the job, saying how terrible it is. But I, and so they make it wrong. Instead of looking at it and saying, how, what's pulling me? Or what's the pain that's pushing me to go to my next step? And I know I've had more employees call after they quit or, and they have a negative view of their experience at work because that helps push them to the other side. Call me and say, I just want to tell you how much I appreciate, you know, what I've learned in the company or I appreciated what you guys did because that's how you're going to have regrets because you're not going, I'm just saying, live your life in integrity and for not to have to set yourself up for problems in a way. A lot of forgives, especially the apologies. Watch, I don't know if I'm making sense here, but really don't do things that you need to apologize for. And if you're human and you react to someone, do it right away. Apologize right away and know why you're apologizing. Get deep, especially at the end of life. You know, you're not over till you're over. You've got a special ingredient on this planet. You would not be alive if that wasn't so. Yeah, the uh, this is something I see regularly uh, with with people who left jobs, uh, if if they're bitter or angry or negative about it, is uh, they don't leave and suddenly everything gets better. They, you know, the stuff that created their unhappiness is something that they bring with them, you know, so this is really important advice. Uh, I just want to reiterate a couple of things. We got a limited amount of time, but, but run, through those again, I think you said, uh, forgive, apologize, and remember significant events is, it sounds like that's kind of where you're going if the recovery is complete. Can you kind of 
if somebody goes through it successfully, what does it look like? What, what does that person look like or experience if recovery is, is complete? I don't know if you ever get totally complete, but pretty complete. Well, let me give you a story about a friend of mine. It could be really subtle. For one, I'll give you one experience, which I thought was so significant. Someone I worked with, her mother passed away and she had a horrible relationship. It was very abusive. I'm not saying it didn't have its good parts because there's always little inklings of some good stuff if you really dig. But she hated her mother for years. And my friend is, and my client was in their 60s, right? Was just hated her. She was a monster. After she did the grief recovery method, all of a sudden one day she's doing, she had moved and there was a picture frame picture of her mother. She put her mother's picture on the mantle. And she thought afterwards, how did that happen? And it's not you change. And I'm not saying forgiveness and people don't understand forgiveness. Sometimes they think forgiveness means condoning the action. It's not condoning. It's freeing you up. Forgiveness is for you. And I think she recognized that. And that's how she was able to put her mother on the mantle. Am I saying, did she forget about the abuse or whatever? No. But all of a sudden she gets to walk a little freer in life. My thing is to go from heartbreak to heartbreak through. It's our hearts here. This is a living, breathing organ. And I'm, I believe the heart has emotions and has there, it's a very powerful part of who we are. And my thing is get into your heart. If you don't know how to get into your heart, call me. Go to the grief recovery method website. Check out my podcast. Check out the notes you'll have that Dr. Ron Kaiser has in his notes on the podcast. I have my web website. I have a grief recovery now private group on Facebook. I'm on Instagram. I'm here. I'm on a mission. Let's live happy. And also honor our grief and your unique way you're grieving. And I'd like to help you bust the myths of grieving and the tools you're using to squelch your grief. There's no timeline. I think that one of the really major billboards for the work is, is you yourself and how positive you are and how enthusiastic you are dealing with a subject that I think it doesn't take a lot of imagination to know that if you don't have it pretty well together, you're not going to come across, you know, sincerely as, as a positive person. So really appreciate you for that. And uh, as you indicated, there's going to be all this information in the show notes, but just so we get it complete, can you, number one, run by the name of your podcast and number two, where people find you because you have so much to offer, whether it be uh, through the grief recovery method course or online or whatever. I'm, I'm sure that uh, this has been of tremendous interest and help. And certainly with, with a, uh, a listening population that's about half in the, in the second half century of life, this is really practical stuff aside from, from just, the emotional and heart-related stuff. So can you kind of give us your, your commercial and all that, how, where to reach you? And again, we will have this in the show notes. So if you're driving anybody, don't stop and, and mark it down. We'll, we'll have it for you. 
Well, as I said, I have Grief Recovery Now podcast. I have my website. It's griefrecoverymethod.com forward slash Charlene Gorzella. And that'll be on the notes. You can also go on Facebook, look at Grief Recovery Now private group and just come in and I will let you in the group. And if you're a real person and, you know, I can tell you're real, I will invite you in. I make it private because it's a, it's a sacred time in our life, grief. And I think it's an important subject now that it's time has come to, as I said, NBC talked about it being the third pandemic. So I'm here to help and educate and be with you all the way. You're not alone. Also, where else? You can also on my personal Facebook, come join me on my personal Facebook and also Instagram, which is Charlene underscore Gorzella, G-O-R-Z-E-L-A. Especially when you listen to my podcast, I just want to get educated a little bit. I want you free. I want you to walk around full, not like there's some underlying free floating grief going around, going on or anxiety or fear. It's not who you are. And that's how I want to educate you. Yeah. And I can attest to the fact that the podcast is a great place to start. And uh, again, Charlene has so much to offer. Really looking forward to people taking advantage of thinking about grief in a different way and not just thinking about it, but experiencing it in their heart in a different way, uh, because we're dealing with with the fact of life. And uh, we can either pretend that it doesn't exist or we can, like in so many things, do better if we manage it. And thanks for exposing us to the techniques of it and look forward to continuing to hear about all the progress that you're making in, in the grief recovery world and spreading the word. And we'll certainly do our part to try and, and really enhance that. And thank you. Hey, can I do one little tip? And just as going back to the story, when I was in the place near Santa Barbara, California, and I felt grief for the loss of my youth, right? I started feeling it and I wanted to squelch it, but I knew too much. I just went, feel it, Charlene, feel it. I felt tears in my eyes. And this longing for my youth, and it was like a grief of this loss came in. If you feel like if you're walking, practice it. Start walking. If something happens, you get a feeling. Just like even if you just sort of put your hand on your heart, acknowledge it. Even if it takes a minute, that's okay. That's good. It's like yoga practice, your breathwork practice, or whatever you do, your religious practice or whatever. It's a practice getting into your heart. We weren't taught to do that. At least a lot of people weren't. But but now we are able to be taught to do that. And so thank you for that. Just was wonderful having you on our podcast, Charlene, and really, again, looking forward to, to connecting with you again, looking forward to reading about, hearing about all the great things that you're doing in the world. And thank you again for honoring us by being on this podcast. You're so welcome. What you're doing is just so incredible. And it's time has come because there's a lot of us out here <laughs> who need you, Dr. Ron. Well, let's let's hope that a lot of us will stick around a lot longer and uh, 
hopefully uh, be involved with both of us for quite a while. So anyway, this is the close of another podcast, the Rejuvenating with Dr. Ron Kaiser podcast. Our really special and informative and entertaining and positive guest, Charlene Gorzella. Really looking forward to seeing her again down the road, perhaps even on this podcast. And uh, everybody, I hope that you will uh, tell your friends about it, download the podcast, review, rate it, and visit Charlene's various places where you can be in touch with her because we're dealing with something that's not uh, something that somebody else has an issue. All of us face grief at various times. And the issue is, you know, are we going to manage it? Are we going to own it? And Charlene is just the expert to help us do that. And so until next time, uh, this has been Dr. Ron Kaiser. Remember to visit the Mental Health Gym website. And remember, we're still in the pandemic. So stay safe out there and be back next week when we'll have another interesting guest to help us grow and live our lives enthusiastically and be the best versions of ourselves. Take care and we'll see you.